um, the, the way they, they end isn't usually me just snapping out of it and then coming back to reality. The way they usually end is that I just feel so overwhelmed that I, I just kind of conk out and wake up in the morning, you know? One, one recurring trait is that they often, um, there's often little short periods of sleep in between them, and then I'll wake up back into the same stressful world. Welcome to Sleep Talker. And that's what happened to me. I got excited by it, and it kicked me out of my dream, and I just woke up. The podcast about sleep. Ooh. Let me try that again. Um, Dreams. And and it was awful. I woke up the next morning feeling exhausted because I'm sure I was, I was, all over my bed like nightmares. It was pretty close to my bed, in my memory, and I was a bit of a sleepwalker, as well. Um, especially. And what happens in your head after dark? I was in Boy Scouts when I was a kid, um, and that was a big part of my, my growing up. And we go on these trips. I remember I came back from one of these trips. We had gone uh, whitewater canoeing. I, I went to bed, and then again around 3 in the morning, woke up, and a second reality was superimposed over top of my bedroom. And so I knew I was in my bed, and I could see my bookshelf, I could see my window, I could see my walls. But my bed was also a canoe, and I had an imaginary paddle in my hands. And the walls were all water, and the floor was water, and my, my uh, bookshelf I I was, going to, was to this my big, boat. terrifying um, rock, on this rock that I was on was course to run into. And, and so was very, I tried for hours to paddle my, my bed my mind was over to, to the wall realities. where I could get out of the river and onto the shore. My mind was trying to balance these two realities, one which was very safe and benign, and the other one which, which required a really heightened sense of, of awareness. I feel like there must be a word for this, but I've, I've looked into a lot of things related to dreaming and I've never been able to find a word for when you are dreaming with your eyes open. Because it wasn't a lucid dream, like I wasn't in control of anything. I was really worried and it wasn't a night terror because my, my body wasn't paralyzed, I was able to move. Superimposed across reality was this other reality that I wasn't I wasn't able to suss out what was what was real and what wasn't it was very very much hallucinatory and that becomes even more clear in some of the later eyes open dreams that I've had where the elements of reality are all still there and at the same time there's other elements of this other thing that seems equally real and I I just can't tell which which one to believe
I grew up in a in a small town, and I would go to the public library a lot. And it was back when they started, you know, putting movies in libraries, or at least my my hometown started putting movies in libraries. And um, they had these five VHS tapes there, um, and it was this series. It was called UFO Diaries. Their whole concept of reality has been shattered by bizarre and inexplicable events. They certainly can no longer laugh at the idea of flying saucers and people from outer space the way other people can. Is there an alien connection? The amazing and controversial answers in this chapter of the UFO Diaries. I remember the way they, they phrased it in that, in that uh, documentary. Um, was like, did you know? We may discover that we, in fact, were the Martians. And, and all this. They use this phrase. And he says, well, it's, it's a, our sector of the universe. I'm, I think it's well, so they cover their asses legally. It was imprinted in her subconscious. They never say, aliens did this. Isn't it still possible that the supposed victim has somehow imagined the entire event? Like they never say, aliens did X, Y, and Z. Alien technology is being tested. They say, might there not be some other explanation? Could, could it, it be? be that locked deep beneath the desert floor there is an alien spacecraft? Could it be? Are there a multitude of alien races visiting our world, each with a different purpose for being here? Could it be? Could it be that actually it's aliens from another dimension? Is it possible that this is all just preparation? I, I remember I've been watching a lot of those those videos, and they really affected me. I, I spent a lot of my childhood thinking about aliens. All of this is very real and utterly terrifying. Could she have been mistaken? Was her abduction experience simply a vivid dream? If that startling disclosure were reserved for some future chapter of UFO Diaries. It was, it was either when I was seven or eight years old was when I had my first um, really big all-night eyes-open dream. I mean, do you want me to go into that, the first one? This first major dream that I had I remember I woke up in the middle of the night, maybe around three in the morning, and and my room was there, but it was really different, and I couldn't put a finger on it. Um, but this this bright light sh- shone through my window, and looked over, and on my bedside table there was this little. I feel like there's a word for this that I don't know, but. It's this little um, kind of half dome, um, rubber-ish sort of. I've never seen one of these again, actually, as an adult. And it didn't have like a brand name or anything. It was just like it was probably like some weird industrial byproduct that someone decided to turn into a toy. But I had this little this little thing, and it was sitting on my bedside table. And I looked over at it, and there was a blinking red light on top of it. And it started levitating off of my bedside table. And it started just kind of flying around the room. I was so scared that I was about to get abducted. Scared and excited. And the little toy with its blinking red light just flew right out my window through the closed glass. Um, And I never saw it again. The way I saw it, it was like, oh, this this little thing is some sort of some sort of alien device or alien creature and it was going back to its to its mothership it's really it's really strange you know this went on for 
for many hours. When I went to school, I don't know if it was the next day or if it was soon after, but it was it was within a couple days after I had this experience. I think I probably told my friends and they're like, whatever, you know, either believed me or didn't. But then my teacher gave us this writing prompt and they're like, just write a story, write any story you want. And I decided to write the story of this alien encounter I had because it was just something I was always talking about was aliens. I wrote this story very first person, very um, scientific in the morning. In a lot of ways, bright, you know, bright, I, I used exact times and, and places and, uh, and the biggest words I knew. Levitating. And um, I remember what I titled it. I titled it "The Aliens in My Room," and I turned it in. And my teacher wrote back, and she said, "She said, Jeff, this is so good. You have such a vivid imagination." And I was so upset. I, I can't remember being more upset at that age because I, I told her, I s said, this is real. This actually happened to me. And she she would play along when she remembered, but I remember she would always slip up and be like, wow, this is, you have a great imagination. And I just want, I didn't care about that. I just want her to believe me. Um... And that really bothered me. I was really upset for a while because I couldn't find anyone who believed my story. I consider myself a really skeptical person now. Um, it's been really, it's been really hard for me to, to exist in in this world sometimes um, when it comes to people's stories and and taking people at their word. Um, I've. I've I think partly because of these these experiences that I've had with my dreams um, and experiences that I've, I've had in other situations too, I, I try not to, to hop in like other people hopped in for me and be like, oh, that's a cute story, now what really happened? You know, that sort of thing. Um, because I've come to realize now that, that the truthy truth, like the, 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 just the facts sort of thing. Well, that can be interesting. Honestly, it has so much less of an impact in the world than how we interpret those, those truths. Um, and the, the, the inaccuracies that we hold in our mind reveal a lot about the subtle biases that we process the world with. And so I kind of enjoy now being told stories of faith and belief. Thank you to Jeff Emptman for sharing your dreams tonight 
on Sleep Talker. Jeff is the host and creator of Here Be Monsters, a podcast about the unknown. Here Be Monsters is unsettling and fascinating and beautiful and I can't recommend it highly enough. If you haven't already, take a listen at hbmpodcast.com. I have some exciting Sleep Talker episodes and announcements coming up, so stay tuned at facebook.com slash sleeptalkerpodcast or search Sleep Talker on iTunes. While you're there, I would really appreciate a rating or a review, or you could send me an email or a voicemail. I'd love to know what you think of the show. My details are at sleeptalkerpodcast.com, which is also where you'll find past episodes and learn more about how you can contribute dream recollections, nightmares, and sleep stories on the show. Music tonight was by Bad Bats, Carlos Ramirez, and This Mess. Those links are on the website and at soundcloud.com slash sleeptalkerpodcast. Sleep Talker is produced by me, Beck Fari. Thank you to Michael Bryden and John Chia for your help with this episode. Thanks for listening. Good night.